Our scripture lesson for today, the third Sunday after Epiphany, comes from Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 and verse 10. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, three days' walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and God did not do it. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. Anybody else out there, do you fall in the habit when you get together with certain people that you just tell the same old stories over and over and over again, and it's just the best? Yeah? Yeah, I'm not the only one who does that, right? I do, though. I do. I get together with my old high school buddies. We relive the glory days, and we sit around. We don't do anything new. We just talk about the old stuff and laugh and laugh and laugh, and it's great. Same thing happens when I'm with my siblings. My wife has called me on this many times. She's like, you guys are nuts. You get together, and you laugh, and you get loud, and you get progressively louder and louder and louder, and she says, and you tell the same stories over and over and over again. I can almost list what you're going to talk about. She's right. The lectionary, the, the organizational tool that sets up what our scripture lessons are going to be, feeds into this tendency for me. Because there are certain stories that we will have over and over and over again. They're the same old stories, but we tell them. Now, there's some obvious examples of this. Christmas, yeah, the nativity story. We have it every year, and I love it. It's great. Easter, we have it every year. Kind of a necessity. If Jesus doesn't raise from the dead, this whole Christianity thing doesn't work at all. Those are two very important stories. There's another one that comes up periodically, and I love it so much when it does, and I bet you know what story it is. Easter, well, yeah. I just read it. What is it? Jonah. Isn't Jonah the best story like ever? Now, the portion that we had today, that, that very brief little portion out of chapter three, it's, it's a great part. It's a part that talks about the mercy of God, and, and this is good, and we're, we're going to get to that. But you can't start Jonah and not have the whole story. Here's the thing about Jonah. It's only four chapters long. It's real brief. You can read it in about five minutes. And everyone should, because if you haven't read all of Jonah, it's like the greatest humorous story in the Old Testament. I love it so much. Here's how things go. Jonah was a prophet, and he was active about 800 years before Jesus was around. So we're going way back in history. Now, at the time that Jonah was active, out to the east of Israel, the empire of Assyria was kind of starting to grow in prominence, and they were getting larger, and they were getting more powerful, and they were kind of starting to cause some turmoil in some of the neighboring kingdoms. And eventually, about roughly 70 or 80 years after all of this happens, Assyria would come in and take over Israel, which is where Jonah is from. So Jonah probably knows all of this. He's aware of all of this. And here's what's important. The capital of Assyria, this cool little town called Nineveh, that sound familiar? Yeah, okay. Everybody with me so far? All right. So as Jonah picks up, 
Jonah and God, they're having this little powwow. They're just, they're, they're jamming. They're going back and forth. And God's like, hey, you know Nineveh over there? Jonah's like, yeah, I don't like him. God says, I do. You need to go and you need to tell them that if they don't turn away, I'm going to lay waste to that city. So you need to go and tell them. And Jonah's like, yeah, no. And God's like, yeah. And Jonah's like, no. And God, Jonah got, I get myself tongue-tied. They go back and forth. Jonah doesn't want to go. And God continues to say, you need to go and do this. And Jonah's like, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go the polar opposite direction. And he hops on a boat, and they go sailing away. And then this big storm comes up. And everybody on the ship is terrified, thinking this is horrible. Clearly, one of us messed up. And so everybody's praying to whatever deity they believe in to, to save us and show us what's wrong. And they can't figure out who's to blame. So they start throwing lots, which is essentially throwing dice. And it falls to Jonah. And they're like, dude, what did you do? And he's like, yeah, I screwed up really big. So here's what's going to happen. If you all want to stay alive, throw me overboard. And they're like, Really? That seems extreme. He's like, hey, if you guys want to stay alive, that's what you got to do. So they're like, okay, we don't think that's a good idea. It's not going to end well for you. But they throw him overboard. Immediately, the storm stops, and they sail off into the sunset. All is well on the ship. And here's Noah, Jonah, Jonah, floating in the water, just like. I'm going to crack up so many times in this because this story is so great. He's floating in the water, and what happens? Here's the most famous part of, of Jonah's story. What happens? He gets swallowed by a whale. This whale comes up, and for three days, he's in the belly of the whale. And this is what I like to think of as the ultimate godly-inspired timeout. And, and Jonah's like, hey, God, yeah, I messed up. I'm sorry. You want me to go there? I didn't want to do it. I was scared, but I promise I'll do it. I repent of what I did wrong, I'll go. And, and God's like, cool, thank you. Hey, Mr. Uh, whale, go spit him up on the ground. And he does, ew, right? Ew, ew. So, so now here we got Noah. Jonah, darn, sorry. Their names are too similar. I keep saying Noah. I mean Jonah. If you hear me say Noah, I mean Jonah. Okay, everybody? Yeah, okay. So, so now we've got Jonah, who's finally going to listen. And that's where we pick up today. And we hear the word of the Lord comes to him a second time. Like, all right, you learned your lesson. Now go. And Jonah's going to go, but he really doesn't want to. Keep in mind, these are, this is the empire. These are the people who will oppress Jonah's people, Jonah's kingdom, and eventually will take them over. And he doesn't want to go and, and preach to them because he knows, God, if I do this, they're going to repent, you're going to relent, and I might as well not even go because you're not going to do anything. And that's exactly what ends up happening. Jonah gets to the city, he goes into the city, and I don't know, he must be like the best preacher ever because he's like, you must repent or God will lay waste to you. And they're all like, whoa, we better listen. And so they do. And from the lowliest of the low to the highest of the high, everyone repents. They put on sackcloth. They throw ashes on their head. And then the king even issues a decree that even the livestock have to do this. Some of you have heard me say this before. I can't not say it. I've been around cows my entire life. I've never seen a repentant cow. What would that even look like? Moo. <laughs> everyone repents. Now, when this, when this is all gone on, Jonah has, has left the city, and he's kind of gone across the valley, and he just wants to sit there. He's like, I want to see what's going to happen. So he sits on this hillside, and he's just watching. 
And keep in mind, this is sort of a desert climate, so it's really hot, and he's getting really warm, and the sun's shining down on him, and he's like, oh, this is hot. I don't like it. I'm waiting, and I'm hot, and I don't like it. And so God's like, here, I'm going to help you out. And God makes this vine grow up, and he gives him shade, and he's like, oh, it's so nice. I love this vine. It's great. And then God's like, hey, watch this. And the vine dies, and then Jonah gets really mad, and he throws a temper tantrum. I'm so angry, I wish I was dead. Really? Really? Like, is Jonah not the king of temper tantrums? I don't want to go preach to them because you're just going to say that they're okay and show mercy on them, and that's not fair. And then you do, and that's not okay. And then there's this cool vine that gives me shade. You made it die, and I don't like it. I wish I was dead. <clears throat> kind of a weasel, isn't he? <laughs> that's the story. That is the story of Jonah, that God shows mercy on this incredibly huge city. And God even says, should I not care about all of these people because they are part of creation? God shows love and mercy and compassion on these people, whether Jonah thinks that they deserve it or not. Now, I want to tie all of this in just a little bit with our gospel lesson as well. The gospel lesson here out of Mark, this marks the first time in this particular gospel when we hear the voice of Jesus. And the first thing that Jesus says in Mark's gospel, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. To repent means to turn away. That's the literal meaning, to turn away from that which is broken and destructive and sinful and turn back to God who is able to do something about it, to turn towards the one who is capable of showing us mercy. That is the basis for the gospel. That is the basis for the ministry that Jesus is doing and whatever it was that he was ultimately accomplishing through his life and his death and his resurrection, he makes that mercy, that grace of God, that compassion of God available for all of us, overcoming the power of sin, overcoming the power of death, overcoming the powers of brokenness that exist in this world. The great thing about this that we also see in Mark's gospel is that Jesus wanted to bring some people along for the ride to train them up, to prepare them to go and share the same message. And that is what we find today as he calls the first four disciples. He's walking along the seashore. He bumps into Peter and Andrew who are fishing, and he gives that same, that wonderful message, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they go a little farther along and they find James and John who are also fishermen, same deal. I want you to come and learn and see how to share in this message of repentance and forgiveness and mercy and grace that God will show. You get to join in it. You are my followers. You are my disciples. The end of the gospel, he will task them along with several other individuals to go out into the world, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and making disciples of all nations. He invites them into the ongoing work and actually, I was just talking with the confirmation kids about this very thing this morning. We, too, are called into that same mission. We, too, are followers of Christ. We, too, benefit from the mercy, the grace of God that is shown to us in the midst of our own brokenness. Because let's face it, if it was about earning salvation, none of us would ever make it. But the mercy and grace of God is shown to each of us. Now, today, here in worship... We are celebrating not one, but two, both sacraments in which we receive the, that promise of God, 
we hear those words spoken, the body and blood are broken and shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. And today, Charlie is going to be washed in this font, and she will be claimed as, as God's beloved child, the same as we all have been. It is a wonderful gift, but not only does she receive that gift, she also will then be joining in that same mission that we all share. Go out into the world and talk about the grace and mercy of the one who has first shown it to us. That's our job that we are all called into, and it's a good one. And maybe, just maybe, if we do it really well, the cows will repent. Moo. Moo.